So I just want to encourage you, if you have a pet, one of the things that I really had to be honest with myself about is who is getting the most or the best of my attention and affection. If it's not my husband, then I need to reprioritize the way I'm making daily decisions because it should always be my husband. Hey y'all, and welcome to the Marriage Talks Podcast, a real, authentic, and relatable podcast about how to thrive in your marriage. I'm Michael. And I'm Elizabeth Ann. Tonight we're continuing our series on the seven silent killers to marital intimacy, and this episode is part two, and we're going to focus on pets. Yes, we are. It's kind of one of those things you might not normally think about as a silent killer to your marital intimacy, but you won't think that in about 30 minutes. So just to kind of give you a background on where I stand with pets and where Elizabeth stands with pets, I grew up in a house with pets in it every day. So we never had any gaps where we didn't have a dog. I mostly had Boston Terriers and loved my Bostons growing up, but I always wanted a bigger dog. We have one now, so we're very, very happy to have our lab. But um, yeah, I am absolutely a dog person. So... As we're talking about this stuff, I kind of just want you guys to have that in mind. I, too, grew up with dogs my entire life. Um, my family, we cherish our dogs. They are another sibling. You know, they're for my parents, they're another kid. We loved our dogs very, very well. Um, and we always had a dog growing up. And actually, the one dog that I really remember growing up was um, a dog that we got when I was about 10. I actually picked him out of the litter. I had a very special bond with him. And um, his name is RC, which stood for Rolly Champ. I wanted to name him Rolly because I was obsessed with 101 Dalmatians and thought that Rolly was the cutest. Plus our dog was the fattest out of the litter. So I was like... (laughs) Of course, it's meant to be. (laughs) And my dad wanted to name him Champ, so we compromised and we named him R.C. Uh, But when R.C. passed, it was really difficult for us. Like I said, we cherish our pets and it was very hard. I mean, we still like we have a family text thread and we still are like every time November 5th comes around, we say happy birthday, R.C. And we share pictures and he's just this, he was the sweetest dog, best dog we ever had. And so, um, we, this kind of a background for Michael and I, just to let you as the listener know, if you may not know us super well, that we absolutely love our dogs. We love animals. We think they're wonderful. Um, and we are, when we are talking about pets becoming a silent killer, we're speaking from our own experience. Um, we, before we had Georgia, who is our Labrador retriever, she is precious and we love her and she's definitely an extrovert. <laughs> like if you had to classify her or something, she's an expert. She's like, people, 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 I gotta be around the people. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. When we have friends over, it's just like, we have to put her on the back porch for just a little bit until she kind of gets used to the idea that people are actually there. Yes. And she actually, about a month and a half ago, got out from our gate and oh ran down the street. I was freaking out because I was at work and I couldn't do anything. But we found her um, through the help of Elizabeth's mom and sister. But uh, she was down at the end of the street with the <laughs> middle school kids waiting for the school bus. And they said whenever she 
whenever the bus came, she wanted to get on with the kids. She was literally in line. They, my mom and sister said that she was sitting in the back of the line waiting to get on the bus. And I was like, are you serious? That is so her. <laughs> that is so Georgia. She just loves people. Um, but before we had uh, Georgia, we had another dog. His name was Oscar, and he was just the sweetest dog, such a sweet, kind-hearted just like big teddy bear. Um, he's probably more than double the size of Georgia. <laughs> he was a hefty boy. Um, but in the last year of his life, he became sick. We want to talk about pets being a silent killer because the dog that we had before Georgia, uh, his name was Oscar. And in the last year of his life, he got sick and we were in and out of the vet's office at least three times a month. He became my entire focus. Um, in a day's time, I had energy for the kids, the house, and Oscar, and that was it. And I was literally neglecting my marriage. I wasn't prioritizing Michael and it really hurt our marriage. And so when we're saying it, it can become a silent killer we walked through that and we had like w when Oscar passed, we, we kind of had to like take stock and reevaluate and be like, okay, wait a minute. This really kind of ran our marriage through a tough time. And we just have to figure out how to, you know, we say balance both, you know, you're never going to find the perfect balance, but we have to kind of correct the things that we did wrong and kind of implement some things to help us do it better the next time around. And so we're not, when we say, you know, we're not like the point of this is not to say like, don't cherish your pets, don't love them, don't pay attention to them. It's not that at all. It is, we really love our pets. We really love animals and we show them affection and, and just all the things that a good, um, healthy relationship with your pet needs. We're just, we want to share with you guys the things that we did wrong and, um, and, kind of shed some light on how we kind of course corrected those things this time around with our dog, Georgia. In continuing, um, you know, I shared, we give Georgia affection and attention and we work on constantly a healthy relationship with her. One of the things that I noticed towards the end of Oscar's life was who was getting the most attention and affection. And it wasn't Michael. <laughs> um, it was Oscar because I was like, well, he needs me the most, so I need to give him my everything. And while he did need me and he needed me as his caretaker to take him to the vet and find out what was going on and try and remedy and whatever it was and to make him feel better, um, Oscar is not the thing that gets my most and best attention and affection. Um, I can definitely care for our pets, our dogs, uh, without compromising my relationship with Michael. And I just didn't see that at the time. It, it, it was, you know, I, I kind of like removed myself a little bit towards the end and was like, holy cow, like I am putting way too much of, of my everything into this animal. And while I love this animal very dearly, I, like my number one thing is my marriage. 
and we've talked about this in several episodes and we, you know, talked about our, our tattoo that we have. And one of my favorite verses is Genesis 2.24, when man and wife become one. We take that very seriously. We take our vows very seriously and we are committed to each other. And I really lost sight of that when Oscar got sick and I was giving him everything. And that was really putting a wedge, an emotional wedge between Michael and I, and it just was not good. And this is not even one-sided thing. Like You've been pretty vocal about this, but while he was going through that, we were both really focused on him, especially at the end where we kind of like want to kind of squeeze in every last bit of time with him. As you kind of know, things are coming to a close, but you know, I'm the same where, you know, I was just like, um, I thought about Oscar a lot today and what have I really, have I checked in with you and stuff like that to see how you're doing. And we, it just kind of dominates conversation. Like some of those big life events tend to do, which there's a healthy place for discussion of something you're both dealing with. But, um, the point is that it was just kind of going a bit in the further direction. Yeah. So I just want to encourage you if you have a pet, um, one of the things that I really had to be honest with myself about is who is getting the most or the best of my attention and affection. If it's not my husband, then I need to reprioritize the way I'm making daily decisions because it should always be my husband, you know, outside of my walk with the Lord and paying attention and specific um, time towards that. My earthly, you know, relationship it, the the number one has to be with Michael. And so that was a red flag. So I just want to encourage you if you have an animal that, you know, you really adore and or maybe is, is sick or, you know, that may need a little more attention than kind of a traditional animal. Um, you know, there's definitely special cases where they need some more attention as far as health concerns and things like that. And we are Definitely not saying don't give them um, the medical attention that they need, but we are saying, you know, just kind of take stock. If, it, you know, I got, to, I really got to the end of the day and was like, Michael was like, you know, hey, how's it going, pretty lady? And I was like, I'm too tired. <laughs> you know, I just, I was giving him nothing and, and it's not fair to him. It's not right for our marriage. And so just kind of a caution, like don't do what I did. Just kind of take stock of your day-to-day decisions and just get, kind of just see what's going on. Take inventory, basically, is all I'm saying with that. Yep, it's a good idea. And we can't have this discussion about pets and their place in marriage without tackling a little bit of a sore subject. <laughs> I apologize for this kind of controversial next section, but it's another one of those things where we're not telling anybody what to do. We just are lining up like things we've noticed in our own time, in our own marriage, and uh, just our thoughts wanna, on Want to caution people on like, hey, maybe approach this from a different angle or think about it differently. But long story short, dogs in the bed. I I've never really understood that personally. To me, um, you know, I'm out playing in the backyard with Georgia, throwing <laughs> the ball. She steps in her poop, doesn't think about it. Um, she looks every place on her body to clean it <laughs> yes, up. It's so I don't know. Gross. I love her. I wrestle with her. I will scratch her behind the ear, but there's something weird about to me the dog being in the bed and I think it literally drives 
a it puts something in between you and your spouse so literally i know i know there's a lot of people that are into that a lot of people like to be really close to their dog at nighttime but i don't know for me it's just delineation between the creature and the humans in the house where that's just something we've never done but you know i just imagine like you know things start to start to go in the right direction then you have to like push a big old labrador out of your bed and (laughs) Uh yeah, that's just kind now, of a, when he's, it's an interesting step. When he me. says go in the right direction, he's talking about being intimate with your spouse. Like yeah. the you moon, guys didn't catch that. <laughs> he's saying that like, hey baby, and then you gotta like, there's already enough barriers in it's, life, and then to introduce another one, like hold on, let me pick up this fifty pound dog or twenty pound dog or whatever it is, and get them out of the bed. Or yeah, real talk. Um. Georgia has about two and a half weeks now been sleeping in our room on the on the rug, and it's like <laughs> intimate moments are a little bit awkward. Uh, I think she's finally figuring it out, like where she's at in this room. But <laughs> I can't believe I'm gonna talk about this in front of people. But <laughs> we said we'd be honest on the podcast. His but, cheeks are turning red. Yeah. <laughs> You know what? Never, I have I have know, no problem talking about this. You know what? Never mind. No, guys. keep talking about it, it because it no, does matter. <laughs> no, like first time we uh we you know did what we did in the room. <laughs> I can't say it. It's weird. I'm like five years old. Georgia stared us down the whole time, and she like definitely tried to. Hey guys, what's going on? Well, she <laughs> Whoa! Just, just like things sound exciting, and she comes and puts her head on the bed, and she's like, "Hey, what's going on? What you doing?" Hey, <laughs> you're like, like, hey, you, uh, okay. I don't have a bone for you, but like, go do something else, anything else. But anyway, so just wanted to tackle that because to me, when I originally read the article on lovedoinglife.com and I read the pet section, that's what that kind of meant to me when you can have something that just literally takes the proximity, the closest creature to you at nighttime is not your spouse, but it's your dog. Yeah. So. If you do that, I'm not saying stop, but I'm just saying like, what's the motivation there? Like, what what is it doing to your relationship if you were to roll over and, you know, start to talk to your wife or whatever? Would the dog be a hindrance to a closer relationship? If the answer is yes, it's a good idea to have that dog start sleeping on the floor at the edge of the bed. To me, I think you'll get the same proximity and like pleasure out of the dog. Like, I love having George in our room. I think it's great. I just wouldn't want her in the bed. Yeah. And those are all like really good things that Michael said. Uh, the biggest thing aside from like, first of all, we have a queen bed. So a queen with two people, it's it's big enough, but we've experienced <laughs> with a child, you know, like they have a nightmare or, you know, whatever it might be and they need to have some comfort and they come in our bed. The bed is just not big enough for three living entities so so when you introduce somebody else like something else in the bed um and we like larger dogs so you know that could be it's like i just will not get quality sleep but aside from that i really like for my bed to be clean i if i could this house would be spotless all the time but the reality is we've got a dog I've got a husband. <laughs> I've got three kids. <laughs> He's looking at me like, excuse me. <laughs> you put me in the list above the kids, suggesting that I'm more dirty than they are. 
What I mean is, like, there's just people living in this house, and we are all messy in our own right, and we all contribute to the mess in some aspect, but especially having a dog in the bed. Like, when I take a shower, I want to get in the bed, and I want to be clean, and, like, I want my sheets to be clean. I don't, like, take a nap in my bed. I don't do any of that. I make the bed, and I don't get in the sheets until I'm clean. So I am just one of those people. You got to take a shower. And then you can get in the bed. I like to be clean. So the thought of having a dirty animal who only gets a bath maybe once a week. Uh, once it, a week? It, <laughs> it, yeah. I wish I was that consistent. It just, it literally makes me want to wash my sheets right now just thinking about it. So for me, it's more of like a cleanliness thing, but it's a very good point that when you introduce an animal constantly in your bed it's a physical barrier in between you and your spouse and I think Michael's right I think just reevaluating where the the motivation is um and I think a good way to kind of tell is if you roll over and you're you like oh my cat or my dog or whatever the animal might be I love them and if that's the first thing you think about like for me I'd be like okay red flag like, I want to roll over and I want to say, oh, Michael, I love him so much. He Like, I want to think about him. So what does we're saying- Does that ever happen? That I roll over and think about Georgia? No, me. Of course <laughs> it does. In that, no, I mean that exact little narrative. <laughs> oh, Michael, I love him. Yes. That? Yes, of yeah. course. All right. Good to know. <laughs> I'm telling you, this podcast is a goldmine for me, <laughs> learning all this stuff. Um, It's just like- I like to take inventory of my thoughts and my motivations and just really get to the deeper root of what it is that's going on because I think that's a big tell and that's kind of what we're getting at where where is the root of your first initial and best attention and affection is it are am I putting it towards my animal okay if I am mm, let's let's back up a little bit let's let me kind of reevaluate things and and make adjustments because it really should be Michael. And I've been trying to fit this in different parts of the episode, but as dog people, we talk about dogs this whole episode. Cats the same way, you know. I like cats too, by the way. And Elizabeth grew up with a cat too. There's a story there, but we'll probably save that for another day. Cats are a little more independent and do whatever they want and be wherever they want to be, but keep the same thing in mind with cats as well. Yeah. So again, we're not telling you like, do this, do that, do this, do that. We're just saying maybe take stock of the root of where you are placing your affection and your attention and just kind of think about it. Where is it going? If it's at your marriage, that's awesome. If it's somewhere else, maybe just pray about it and do some digging and find out maybe why your attention and affection is going towards something different than your marriage. Because we've, we've had to, it's, you know, it's a hard issue and we've had to do that with various things and specifically with Oscar, like I had to really evaluate why was my, like my motivation, number one being like Oscar focused and I had to really be honest with myself. So it's just a loving challenge to say, you know, take stock, take inventory. With that said, when I took stock or inventory of kind of where my emotions, where my attention and affection, where they were going to first, 
I really thought about, okay, how do I do things differently this time around with Georgia? And it was really important for me to make those changes because I didn't want to make the same mistakes with neglecting my marriage because ultimately that is the relationship that is, that's the earthly relationship that is first. And so it was just really important for me to be honest with myself, dig deep, pray about it, ask the Lord to reveal those things to me so that I could course correct, still love Georgia well and in the appropriate manner, but also prioritize my marriage. And we really kind of talk and we still do this from day to day. I mean, she'll be one in a couple of weeks and Georgia has her place. We are very clear about where she can lay, how she can interact with us, and especially with having three young kids, five, almost three, and eight months. Um, we don't we don't let her roughhouse, you know, kind of like play wrestle with them because they can't delineate that. Like Michael can make it very clear, like wrestling is over, and he he can handle that, but the kids can't. So we're very clear on boundaries not only like me and Georgia, Michael and Georgia, but kids in Georgia. And so we just, we make sure that we are constantly talking through those boundaries and how we approach it, how we, um, you know, if there needs to be any kind of discipline or, you know, whatever it might be, we, we are constantly having a conversation. The conversation is always open and we give her plenty of attention throughout the day. Um, you know, we, I make sure that I get down on the floor and pet her and love on her. And, you know, we practice our tricks and obedience and things like that. So she understands commands and she gets rewarded for it. So, you know, there, I do make sure throughout the day that I'm giving her special attention, but I know that when Michael comes home from work, my time's limited with him, especially like he needs time for me and the kids. And we need to make sure that all relationships are healthy and open. And so I have time with Georgia throughout the day. So when Michael gets home, I prioritize him. And that's not to say that I 100% ignore her, but I am going to give my best attention and best affection to Michael. To summarize, we want y'all to know that we adore animals. We want to make sure that our pets are loved well and cared for and really that they know that they are a part of the family. But we also want to make sure that they don't become a wedge between Michael and I. Like we're sharing these things because we like I did some things way wrong and I want to be open and vulnerable with you guys and let you know, don't do what I did. <laughs> um, it really for, for a while, for several months, it really took us a while to course correct and fix and kind of lay a new foundation with that. And so I, I'm sharing that with you to let you know it really, it really did some damage with between Michael and I. And I don't, I'm sharing that because I don't want you guys to make the same mistake. I just, I want you guys to know that we made these mistakes and then this is how we corrected them. And to let you know that, you know, it's, it, it is possible. And, um, you know, you can course correct and you can, uh, remedy things. It just takes intentionality and, and, you know, marriage is work. And so it does take work, but it really has, I mean, I think that we are closer now, you know, we've got three kids and a dog and we've got all kinds of distractions, but I think that 
we definitely have our, our times, but I think that in general, we are much closer than we ever have been. And so we're, when we share these things, when we share our mistakes, it's to let you know, like, like, Hey, don't do what we did. (laughs) We want you to know that it can be done better. And this is how we're working through it. So that is, that's why we share this information with you. As always, we have a challenge for you guys. In the next seven days, we want you to talk to your spouse about the boundaries concerning your pet or pets. So if there's something you're uncomfortable with or something that's on your mind, respectfully talk about it and have your spouse be able to do the same. You know, it's a free space to express yourself and be safe. I think that's a great challenge. And the biggest point being respectfully. Um... I I always want to be careful that if Michael brings a concern to me that I don't ever say, I can't believe that's a concern of yours. How could that be? You know, that's silly. He would then never want to bring a concern to me again. So here I would want to hear Michael out and say, okay, wow. All right. That's a concern. Let's talk about it. Let's work through it. And, and that's, I always want to make sure that's a goal of mine. And so just want to encourage you guys to to make sure that it's a space where there's respect mutually between the two of you, especially when you talk about concerns. Thank you guys for listening so much. Um, You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. We'll leave links in the show notes. Subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a positive review on Apple Podcasts. That's the best way to get the word out and help everyone find us. And tell your friends if they're married. If not, it'll be awkward, but no, just kidding. No, I think it's a good pod- no, podcast good, for you. And if you are single. Future proofing. Yes. And if you leave us a review, you're going to hear us call Read you it. out. I keep saying call you out. It sounds so bad. <laughs> it does sound bad. We're going to shout out to you. Yes. And we're going to read your stuff. Don't let that scare you away from it, but let it be a. You'll get a shout out. <laughs> I have a song for everything. I sing constantly to the kids. You'll get a shout out. You're like Jess from New Girl. (laughs) Yes. So please leave us a positive review. You just might hear it on a future episode. You're amazing.